What's good and welcome back to Miles Apart. Welcome, Matthew. How are you doing? Doing splendid. How are you? That's amazing. I am great as well. Are you in Chicago? Yes, I just got back. I was home for the weekend, but mm -hmm. it's finally nice to be back. Getting into the flow of things. What did you do in uh, at home in Columbus, Ohio? Uh, so, as you know, and the listeners don't, every single year, uh, my family and my friend's family, like, have this event for him. Uh, it's like a basketball tournament. And this year, I actually played. And I was very tired afterwards. Because <laughs> you're not used to playing basketball anymore? Yeah, I was very sore. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely not as quick or as good as I used to be. <laughs> But I, yep. I, played, I played in the pair of shoes I made. Oh, damn. And they worked out fine, so I was happy That's about great. that. Which ones? Uh, they look like Dream Team, like Olympic. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played Dope. on those. Dope. I saw, so um, I got, yeah. got really drunk. You got really that drunk? Night, <laughs> that night, I got, like, obliterated. It was really bad. I was, <laughs> we got back at, like, three in the morning, mm -hmm. and... I got in bed and I had to close my eyes and I was just spinning. I had to go to bed so quick <laughs> or I was going to like vomit or something. That's rough. That's really rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, What about you? Well, I do have another question. So for oh, okay. listeners, I don't know if I can say that, um, but the event is for Colin. Mm -hmm. If you want to quickly describe, because I have a question that goes with this. Okay, so my or our freshman year of college, it was the first semester. So like, I don't know, three, two, three months in to college, he he was my best friend, and he was going to school at Ohio University, where my girlfriend went as well, and he was uh, pledging a fraternity, and it happened to be like a really tough fraternity for like hazing and stuff for everyone and who's not from the u.s pledging means you're trying to become a member in a fraternity and you are pretty much at their will for two to three months i didn't yeah. know that when we did this so that's why i'm clarifying things <laughs> yeah so typically i would say in a normal fraternity if they have you do stuff it's just like dumb stuff like do my laundry or clean the dishes or Stuff have a like drink with did. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they did like stuff where they had to like be whipped and like while they were naked and like down a gallon of alcohol and all this stuff. But basically to get to the end of it, um, my friend passed away because they were doing whippets. And, um, what, like he, he like took it and then like kind of like passed out mm -hmm. and everyone didn't want to get in trouble. So they just like left him there and like, and if they would have done something, they could have just called the ambulance and then he would have been fine. Mm 
but he passed away, and so every single year we have this basketball tournament because we played basketball together. It's uh, it's not a good story. Um, it's a it's a tough subject, but it's tough, but it's important. Um, yeah, but that goes. Um, that's why I wanted to clarify things because um, I feel like not everyone knows about this. Um, so their family made this documentary about what happened, um, and it's actually a beautiful movie on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And they won a prize, right? Yeah, so they won an Emmy. So there's like Golden Globe and Emmy and all these awards, but they won an Emmy, which is pretty cool. It's they, they went to it. They went to the award show and everything, and got up there and said a speech. That's. But, as as horrible the entire story is and i i met the family last time i visited you and it's just like it's insane to see like how they're dealing with it and then they did this documentary that was just like so touching but so like well made it wasn't like it didn't feel like a pitiful documentary i don't know if you know what mm -hmm. i mean yeah. It was just like you could feel how horrible it was, but it wasn't like we're trying to overdo the situation. Mm -hmm. But it was also like let's like let's do something that something like this never happens again. <clears throat> That's why I really liked it. Or well, one of the reasons, obviously. But I was confused because I saw it was the Emmys Ohio or was it like a national Emmys? That's that's why I was wanted wanted to ask. There's you. there's like the Emmys, which is mm -hmm. for all the celebrities, and then there's like regional Emmys, which I don't know how many regions there are in the U.S., but there's a couple of regions in the U.S., and they have, it's just like a smaller mm -hmm. Emmy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's what that was, which is still cool in its own right, you know? It's it gives like validation, and yeah, um, I don't know, it's good to honor Colin and what happened but at the same mm -hmm. time like bring awareness and so it doesn't happen again even though it's happened every single year um, but slow and steady wins the race and bring awareness and people will understand more and more yeah yeah well <laughs> sorry I'm touching on that but I have to <laughs> clarify my question what kind of Emmy it was <laughs> I didn't know no, no you're fine <laughs> um, but um I wanted to switch the gears and ask you about your weekend because you said you were doing something crazy yes yeah, so <clears throat> um uh we have in I'm blessed enough to live in Zurich and Zurich has for well they have the money to do like big fest like festivals and like parties and mm -hmm. one of them happens every year and it's called the street parade and what that basically is that they kind of like close the entire city center and you have like 30 love mobiles so it's like big like trucks and like instead of having like cargo in the back they like open it and they have like a DJ on it and you have part people partying on like those open cargo thingies. Mm -hmm. 
And so there's 30 buses, like trucks, like going super slow through the city. At the same time, you have eight different stages throughout the day playing. It's all techno. It's all techno. Mm -hmm. And usually we have like 460,000 people living in Zurich. And for that mm -hmm. day, we have over like we have. So this year, I think it was like roughly one million people showed up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is insane. That's a lot of people. Man, it's but it's so we started drinking the afternoon. We didn't go to all the love love mobiles because it was just so hot and I wasn't ready to like jump in with 1 million people into the uh, into the city and like get drunk as hell and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um but we went later in the night and it was so much fun. But my main thing which astonishes me every time we have a bigger gathering in Zurich is that you have this massive party on Saturday and of course if you have one million people who are drinking and partying you'll have a lot of trash and so the city mm -hmm. center will be literally speaking trashed mm -hmm. you walk through the city the next day it's all cleaned it's all gone because they have like a service that does it or something so it's called the Stadtreinigung. Um, it's like um, the city's cleaning department. I don't know how else to describe it. Mm. But they're so efficient and it's just mind, like, it's mind-blowing. Like, you walk the next day. Like, I saw how it looked like in the evening. Like, it's not horrible, but it's like, it's trashed, you know? You have bottles yeah, I mean, and cans. A, a million people. Yeah, so of course not everyone's going to throw all their stuff like you should in the trash cans that are given. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Monday, I biked through the city to go and cut my hair. And I passed through where four of the stages were. And they were all gone. It's all like cleaned up. And you're like, what? <laughs> How is this even possible? It's the power of large groups of people. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just gets me every time because like we had so every th three years... If I'm not correct, I think every three years we have <coughs> this other parties called the Zurich Fest, and it's even bigger than the street parade. There's like two to three million people showing up, and it's like mm. the entire city pretty much being blocked for an like for three days. And you have like you have from rides like to food trucks, you have techno stages, you have rap stages, like you have everything like you can mm -hmm. just walk through the city and party at every like every two meters there's another tent with something going on and even then like the next day you walk around and they're already cleaning like it's mind like it's mind-blowing sometimes i would say that i really appreciate stuff like that but are you there yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> I'm just waiting. What are you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you you were frozen. Um, I would just, I would say that I appreciate that, but I don't know if I would want to have that job. I definitely don't. But that's the reason why I wanted to talk about it because I feel like they do such an important job. Because if we wouldn't have that efficiency, we couldn't do all these parties, these massive parties in Zurich. And mm -hmm. I think more and more people are catching up how, like, how great, what, like, what kind of great job they're doing. So, like, a good other example is, like, during the, the Pride, like, 
the LGBT pride pride parade. Pride parade. They have an action like at the end of like the entire parade, they're already cleaning up. <laughs> it is as efficient as it could be. Like you walk an hour after a pride, and you don't see trash on the floor anymore. And you're like, what? In like in no other place in this world is this happening, but in Zurich. That's pretty cool. It's it it's fun because like you know the city is like interested in like like um pushing like all these big parties and like they get bigger and bigger every year. Like Pride's like back in the day was just like you had like the Pride and that's it. And now they have like a Pride festival where like at different locations they have stages and like stuff and like they get better and better every year. But they're so organized, it's just insane. It's amazing how a city runs, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you just walk around and you just take it as it is. But if one thing was off, everything would be chaos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's always interesting to see that, and it's always fun. Um, of course, I was very sober at street parade on Saturday. <laughs> Who'd you go with? Um, oh, so this is another funny story. Um, so I was supposed to go with my roommate and in Switzerland, every guy who's 18, well, at 18, at 18 years old, you get this letter and you have to go to a mandatory, um, army service. Theoretically speaking, you can get, get out of it by saying, I don't know, I have this sickness or I have this sickness, um, you can also do a social service. So, like, one of my friends did this where you can go help old people in, like, um, an old people living center. I don't know what that is. Mm. Like how you, um, so there's different ways of, like, if you don't want to do it, you can get out of it. But basically, most of the young guys have to go to this military service for four months. And after that, every year you have to go back for, like, one or two weeks to, like, repeat stuff um, and that's like how our military works, but we're only a defensive military. Um, and so I went to French military, so this doesn't apply to me. Um, I'm a French mm. soldier. <laughs> um, and my roommate, he went to the Swiss Army. And so right now he has to do this two weeks military service. I think it's two weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks. And last week, at the beginning of it, they told him he could do um, he could do it from home office because he's like doing the marketing stuff from them. And he at first found this way that he was able to go home on Friday night and be off of the military service on Saturday and then maybe go back on Sunday afternoon. That was like the basic idea. And so we kind of planned to go together because we always hang out. So I was looking forward, I was working on Friday night, I had late shift, and suddenly I get a text around 7, <laughs> and he's like, bro, you can't, you won't believe this, you have to go by yourself tomorrow to street parade, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> so he's like super mad, he texts me, he's like, when you come home, please don't make any jokes, I'm not in a good mood, and I'm like, don't worry, I'll come home way later, like I'm going out with friends and all that. Wake up the next morning, he goes on a rant about the military. He's like, all this and that and whatnot. And then I'm like, well, it's going to be weird, like, without, like, going with, without you to street parade. I don't know if I can handle that. 
and then mm. he's he comes up with these ideas he's like i'm gonna try to fake that i have a sunstroke so i can leave and i'm like there's no way they're gonna let you go home with a sunstroke <laughs> like come up with something yeah. better and he's like if i have diarrhea and i'm like there's no way you're gonna go home if you have diarrhea <laughs> you're just gonna stay there <laughs> so he's like well we'll see what happens so it's like i'm i'm like I went to my friend's place at like, I don't know, 3 p.m., something like that. We started drinking on the balcony, whatnot. And at like 6 p.m., I received this text from him saying, did someone order a male military stripper? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, I did. Where are you? And he's like, where do you want me to show? (laughs) So what did you do? So he apparently he had to like film something for the military and they finished early. And then at some point they were like, you can also finish your work at home. And he's like, yeah, I will go home, go home and work now. Yes, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> so he went home, but he had to change because he's forbidden to go out with military clothing, obviously. Mm. Um, and then we met up later in the city and uh, it was a hoot and a hat. What do they even do? Do they just like shoot guns and like it depends re- retrain what you do. stuff or something? Well, it really depends what you do during your service. There's guys who um, do like the um, medical teams. You have guys who like there's so many different fractions. I couldn't I don't even know how to explain that in English. Um, he did more like marketing t- type of stuff because that's his background. Um, mm. and then some higher ranking guy asked him a couple months ago if he wanted to be part of this project that they're doing this up this week. Th- uh, yeah, this week right now. So he's right now in the military and he's not enjoying life. <laughs> so that's the that. great military of Switzerland known for its power <laughs> and strength. I will say though, we are not a attacking military we're a defensive military we wouldn't like we wouldn't stand a chance if we would attack like any neighboring country such as germany france or italy but since we have so many bunkers that we can bring the entire like um, population of switzerland underground within a couple of hours we're pretty good at defense and then we have some hidden jams that I don't know and I probably couldn't tell you, but I have no idea because I'm not in the military. <laughs> um, but this all started like during the Second World War. So I think we are pretty good with that. But who's going to attack Switzerland? Because we're we're pretty much the, the, the wallet of the world. Why would you attack your wallet? Hmm. I will say, last time we were talking on this podcast... Mm-hmm. We said we would watch movies. I'm pretty sure you probably didn't watch yours. That was this movie from <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, Hateful Eight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, favorite movie. I watched it three times ever since. So I actually started your movie. Oh. And I watched like 75% of it. Uh huh. And I didn't like it, so I stopped. <laughs> what? How? How? It was just like slow. Like it was There wasn't a lot of action. You know. Yeah, but it's such a like they filmed it in such an insane way. I think it was like a good 
film, like aesthetically. Uh huh. But to me, I want to watch. Have you ever seen the series like Band of Brothers? No. It's just like what it's more real, like someone in the war. It just like follows people in the war, but like the entire time, like they're fighting, you know. Whereas All Quiet on the Western Front is it's more slow. If that makes sense, it's more slow, but they're the idea behind it was rather to show what it does to you as a human oh yeah showing combat 24 7 no i I mean it's a good movie i just yeah it it wasn't hitting me in the right spot at that moment so no i know i know i will say i haven't seen your movie i still have to do that (laughs) (laughs) i might do it tonight (laughs) um it's it's a long one yeah, depending if I watch a movie with my mom, because she will probably not like that type of movie. So that's uh, <laughs> that's the other factor playing in here. Um, what was I going to say? Um, but I will say I am so glad that the two of us weren't born in the 20th century, especially at the beginning of it, because otherwise we would have probably served. I would have definitely served in the first or second world war. And that was just not a good time to be alive. What did the Swiss military do in the World War II? Oh, this is a <laughs> it's a difficult topic for Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I actually so, have no idea what they did, so I'm curious. Okay, so Switzerland um, didn't stand a chance against the Third Reich. Um, AKA so Hitler. you just joined joint forces no um switzerland said we will still maintain trade with nazi germany i don't know all the facts but what what i know is that there was some dirty stuff in there but what else do you want to do in this situation if you are a small country you're either you can't do anything no you're either going to be rolled over by saying fuck you we're gonna we don't want to like work with you or whatnot or you have to cooperate in some way i know that there weren't any concentration camps in switzerland so like not all the like no atrocities happened in switzerland i know that there were jewish people deported from switzerland i think but there were also swiss people who saved jewish people like it's it's a bit of everything one big thing is that a lot of Jewish gold and money arrived here. So that's why Switzerland is the wallet. It, I I mean again, don't like don't quote me on being like informed on everything, but I know that that is one of the one of the factors. Um mm. military-wise, Switzerland was on defense mode. Um, so, for instance, all the bridges that were connecting um, Switzerland to Germany or France um, still, like, no, they don't have nowadays. But they all had explosives hidden in the, like, in the actual structures. Um, Switzerland started to literally carve out massive, massive military bases in some of the biggest mountains in Switzerland. Mm. Um, there's... There's actually still nowadays, there are farmhouses, you know, like sheds 
on the countryside, mm -hmm. you would pass through and you would be like, oh, what a lovely little shed. But when you walk closer, it's a bunker painted as a shed with massive guns in it. <laughs> <laughs> There's sheds that can actually turn around 360 degrees with massive weapons in them. So mm. Switzerland did everything they could to protect the citizens and the country, but we weren't actively involved in the war itself. Mm. And one other factor, I think, why Switzerland was kind of left is that you have to take over the Alps if you want to attack Switzerland. Mm. And do you really want to attack a small country that has no... Like, we don't have any, like, natural resources as, like, coal or gold or anything. And do you really want to sacrifice your army by trying to attack people who live in the mountains and know more about the mountains? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm just so grateful for not being born around that time. Oof. Seeing all the stuff that happened, like... In Europe, but honestly, especially in Asia, like all those like little islands, mm. all all those diseases and stuff, and then hey, like but even even if you would be born, you would probably either go to France to like D Day, or Japan, Pearl Harbor, mm -hmm. maybe a bit later Vietnam. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a great time. It was so funny. So we were talking about this cause when I was home and I was asking my dad, I was like, because my friend that, you know, Elliot mm -hmm. was came with me because mm -hmm. he wanted to play in the tournament. And so we're sitting there in the living room and I asked my dad and I was like, so, dad, who do you think would be a better soldier if we were like in World War Two, me or Elliot? And Elliot is like i would say much shorter than me but he's pretty strong because mm -hmm. he lifts a lot of weights mm -hmm. and my dad is just flat out he was like i think you would be better than elliot as a soldier in pretty much every single aspect <laughs> of everything like you're smarter you're you're faster you're taller you're just <laughs> overall just completely better <laughs> and, and elliot's just like what the fuck I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> you don't have to be the strongest guy in the military. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I can see how his ego was shattered in that moment. Yeah, he was not <laughs> happy about that. Even in the car when we were driving home, he was like, I can't believe your dad said that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he would say if he would find out that I'm an actual soldier. He'd probably laugh. He'd probably be like, what, is he wearing overalls? <laughs> Although I've never been to a combat, and I will never really want to go to a combat, so... Um... No, well, no. I think by the time there's actual, an actual, like, World War Three, we'll be old enough to not be in it, hopefully. Well, we will all be screwed. I mean, yeah, we'll all die, probably, but... Yeah, like if like this is a, a p couple of months ago when uh, Russia started to like make the first um 
like when they started saying like we're gonna nuke Europe I was like if that's gonna happen none of Europe will be still here because then the US and like UK and France will retaliate with nukes that's just not gonna be great for us yeah it's just scary the power that all the big countries hold is nuts yeah and it's like what is crazy is like it is the most peaceful time ever <clears throat> compared to like history and all that but mm. they have the most powerful weapons right now so that's mm -hmm. like the question is like if something would have happened even like with Kim Jong-un or Kim jong I think it's Kim Jong-un, the leader from yeah. North Korea. He's always threatening the U.S. like, I have nukes. I <laughs> also love how Trump said, I have the bigger button, though. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see that post? Yeah. He called him Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that one movie, the, the, interview? the interview? Yes. That was so funny. And they actually, like, didn't they, like, hack into Sony or something because of that? Yeah, because North Korea was not happy about that movie. There's <laughs> <laughs> they did not like that. That was such a funny movie. I also love how um, the border between North and South Korea is called the, the demilitarized zone, but it's the most mm -hmm. heavily militarized area in this world. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> hypocrites. <laughs> and you want to go visit one day? Yeah, man. I mean, it, I wouldn't say it's fun, but it's interesting. I wonder what it would take for North Korea to change governments. Um, because see, the crazy. The, yeah. I was like, because economically, they're not that stable, right? No, there's no, no, <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't even talk about an economy from North Korea. <laughs> I think the only way is if the Kims go down. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever seen this documentary, How to Become a Dictator? No. So it's this amazing Netflix show, and they pretty much give you a handbook of how to become one. And at the end, they say the only one who has really managed to do it really well is North Korea and the Kim family. Mm -hmm. Because they implemented themselves as godlike creatures. So like the father mm -hmm. of the serving Kim right now, Kim Jong-il? I mm -hmm. think that's Kim Jong-il. I don't know. It was thought that he wouldn't have to take a shit. People believe that. It's insane. And like, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're seen like gods. Like, no, like, there's no way people in North Korea will take down the government. It has to be them falling apart they're already poor to, poor as hell like only people in pyongyang like the capital have like a decent life but mm. outside of the capital there's just nothing fun hmm i just don't understand how you get to the point where you can convince that large of a group of people that you're basically god like even japan they thought the emperor was 
like heavenly. Yeah. I mean, it's not too far away. Like, <clears throat> you establish a new system, you tell the other ones that they are the ones who attacked you, you're the savior to all the problems, you establish this nation, you totally close it off from the world, so hermit kingdom, and you tell them that they're living the best life in the world, and how will they find out if they don't have social media, if they don't have influences from, like, outside? They don't know how we live. They think they live better than us. It's just crazy to me that, like, a different country around there hasn't just, like, taken over and been like, nah, this is, like, how it really is. Yeah, but, I mean, it starts with propaganda. Like, when I came to the U.S., so, like, I... So, first, I went to Swiss school. I learned about Swiss history and, like... History in general, we lear- we were taught, was more focused on, like, Switzerland and what was happening around us. Then I went to a French system, and history was taught more in favor of France. And then I went to the U.S., and it's a total different story again. Like, it starts with this, like, I mean, the way <clears throat> you educate your youth. Um, you told me once that in Europe, or, like, that's the feeling I had... It was always like, oh, where are you going on travels? Like, which country are you going to see? And you told me that that was just not as big where you came from or come from. Yeah, I mean, no one really travels that much. Unless you go to, like, Florida or, like, North Carolina. (laughs) That's not so funny. (laughs) I mean, yes, the country is massive. But still, like, I think it's just the way you educate kids. Like, I mean, sometimes when I'm in the U.S., I'm like, damn, Y'all live in some weird-ass country, like, one nation under God. God bless America. Like, for every freaking event, you have to sing your damn national anthem. Like, every time you see a soldier, you're like, discount for you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Why would he have a discount? (laughs) I mean, it's like stuff like that. But, like, we're also like this. Like, we walk around and we praise ourselves of having the the most beautiful country in the world, which I agree, but that's our propaganda. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't, like, go away from bias. No, and, like, it's in favor of every government because you're not going to stand there and be like, our country is shit. Go somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Like... It's in, like it's interesting to see that with like countries like Afghanistan, where people flee in like the thousands, and no government like the Afghanistan Afghani of government, like the one that the international coalition supported, they weren't going to say our country's shit, leave our country. They were mm-hmm. trying to tell them like we have a good country, try to stay here. And the Taliban now, they're not going to be like, oh, our country's horrible. Women have zero rights. We have a horrible famine going on we have nothing to give you like no one's gonna say that i mean it makes sense so yeah it's just crazy to me that let's say in north korea people believe like how many what percentage of people actually believe in kim jong-un that he's godly and what they're living situation is like great there's no real statistic there like it's just you either believe that and if you don't agree and let's say you would say i don't like him 
Did well, they kill you? Yes. <laughs> Your time has come <laughs> to an end very quickly. <laughs> I think we both lucked out in where we were born. But I mean, it's the same in Russia. Like right now, if let's say I would have the same job as a journalist in Russia and I would call the war that's happening right now in Ukraine a war, I could go up to 15 years to prison because I called it a war. Officially, it's called a special operation. Because they want the Russian like population to believe that it's justified? Yes, well, I mean, because Ukraine and Russia, they have such a intervened history. Like, there's so many. So I have, I know a couple of Ukrainians, and they have all told me, like, they all have family in Russia, and all the Russians have family in Ukraine, or know at least someone from the other country. And so Putin can't say, like, oh, well, fuck Zelensky in Ukraine, we're just going to take over. They have to be like, they have a Nazi regime, and we're trying to save them, and trying to give them a good life, and that's why it's a special operation. Is there even, like, 1% truth to that? No. They're not Nazis. Have you seen Zelensky doing the Hitler salutation? I haven't. <laughs> no, that's why I was wondering. I was like, I don't think that that's even, no. like, 1% valid. No, it's just that it all started 2014 when um, the Ukrainian government that was highly, um, how do you say, um, crooked? Cricked? Crooked? Crooked. Like, like corrupt. corrupt. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Crooked. <laughs> well, it kind of is the same. It was very corrupt and it was in favor of be- becoming like closer to Russia. But a lot of people were like, no, we want to be in the EU, so European Union. And um, that's when like massive protests started. And that's when the Donbass it's a massive region in Ukraine. Like, Ukraine is a massive country, like, um, territory-wise. And that's when, like, the first war started because then soldiers from Russia showed up with no Russian um, flags on their uniforms. And Putin was like, we never send any soldiers and troops and equipment, but they all are Russian. But he has nothing to do with it. He doesn't know. Mm-hmm. They all just showed up. It's their own will to show up there. Um, and now, like, it's the same, like, Ukraine wants to be in NATO, Ukraine wants to be in the European Union, and Putin just doesn't want that. He wants to have his influence on Ukraine, and therefore, yeah, to attack it. That's in his, his way. Okay, I am not, like, too knowledgeable in all this stuff, but what, can you describe to me in your own words... Um, the EU and NATO. Oh, okay. Um, NATO was, to my knowledge, created after a second world war and it's the North Atlantic trade organization, treaty organization, something like that. Um, basically what it is, it's a group of countries who support each other in, um, or Atlantic thinking of the name okay but I don't know NATO is this group of like countries and let's say Switzerland would be a member state let's just say that it's not but let's say and I don't know 
Italy wants to attack Switzerland. I'm just making a super weird-ass example. And the U.S. is NATO, and Switzerland is NATO, but Switzerland is getting attacked by Italy. NATO America has to help Switzerland. And that's why there's a problem, because Ukraine isn't in NATO, so that no one can help Ukraine. No, the problem is that the U.S. knows exactly if they attack, there's a massive war. And that's the big iffy point. Do you attack? Like, NATO is not allowed to attack. It's not a, an attacking um, pact. It's more like we're defensive. And so as long as Russia doesn't attack any NATO country, there's no real reason for NATO to attack. But the U U.S. So, knows if it attacks, Russia will retaliate. So the U.S. is in NATO, and then but Ukraine's not in NATO. No, Ukraine till now was not in NATO, and they're still not. Um, they wish to be, but right now a lot of NATO countries are like, we don't want that right now because it's just too tricky right now. It's too dangerous. Ukraine just wants help, and they're just trying to get it, get it wherever they can. Yes, basically. And the European Union, on the other hand, is more like a governing policy, trade, economy alliance with, I don't even know, like more than 25 countries, I want to say. Um, all in Europe? All in Europe. Um, and so they have open borders. There is another pact called Schengen. This is like, if you're in Schengen, that means I can travel in the Schengen area without showing my passport when I um, cross borders. So Switzerland is mm -hmm. part of the Schengen area, but we're not part of the European Union because we just don't want to be part of the entire system. As if you are part of um, the European Union, you have to like, car plates are kind of like given, you have to like have them. Um, most of the times you have to have the currency, which is a euro. There's other stuff. And Switzerland is just like, no, we don't want that. Um, and more and more countries from Eastern Europe that are hard to say, but they're a bit poorer than Western countries and less developed. They want to be part of the European Union so they can hel get help. Because like, let's say Romania... I'm making another example. I don't know if they are in the European Union or not, but if Romania joins, they get money to better their infrastructure. So they want to be in it, and then the people with the most money don't want to be in it. Well, no. All the, like, I mean, there's a lot of Western countries in it, like Spain, Portugal, I, yeah, Portugal, I think, um, France, Germany, um, the list goes on. Um, England used to be, but they left with Brexit. Um, there's a lot of Western countries in it. And in some way, it's good for them, but in some way, that also means that they have to pay a lot for the other member states. But it's not like you're a rich country, therefore you're going to have to pay all the bills for a poor country. It's not like that. Mm. Like you pay certain amounts to the European Union, and the European Union makes or like makes payments with that money that they receive from all the member states. I love how this just turned into an education. <laughs> <laughs> I was really not people, planning on that. 
People are probably sitting here listening to this like, this is the boringest shit on the planet. <laughs> I hope not. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's history lesson with Mel. <laughs> On to greener pastures. Um, while you're in Chapasaw with your mom, what do you guys do? Just hike? Yeah, we went on a hike today. We're going to have food tonight. And um, there's not much else to do here. Nice. I mean, I'm doing my workout tomorrow. We're driving back tomorrow to Zurich because I work on Friday and my dad needs the car on Thursday. And we only have one car. Um, not like U.S. people who have like four to five or eight cars in one household. Um, and um, what else? Yeah, I mean, there's not that much else to do in the mountains here right now. Yeah. Do your parents st still live in the same place? Mm-hmm. Uh, the place you, uh, like, you visited, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. <clears throat> still part same apartment, um, the other side of Lake of Zurich. Um, so they plan I, staying there? As of now, Yes. I mean, they played with the idea of moving somewhere else, but I've heard that many times before, so who knows. Mm. Your parents are still happy in the new house next to the golf course? I guess. Sounds like it. I think it would take a lot for them to move. What do you, why do you mean? Like, to a different state or something. Oh, have they considered that? I think it's come up in conversation maybe like once or twice, but mm -hmm. just because it's coming from probably like me. <laughs> Matthew is like a great son. He's like, hey, dad, you are unhealthy. Let me change your diet. Hey, dad, <laughs> you're fat. You need to lose weight. Hey, parents, Ohio sucks in my opinion. You need to move. <laughs> Pretty much. They're like pretty content in their life and I'm just like, change, change, change. <laughs> You're like, your third eye hasn't shown up. You need to do something about your life. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, I always tell, I was telling them last time when I was home, I was like, when you guys are older and I have my own place, I'm just going to ship you guys. You can stay at my place <laughs> and I'll take care of you. I feel like your mom would still do everything for you. No, my, my mom, when she's older, she will be so like sassy because she's so sassy already. I can just imagine her like bitchiness on like a hundred out of 10. Is is kind of mean, but I feel I see the same with my mom. She she's always been like a bit sassy, but like with age comes fear, and with fear comes stuff you shouldn't say sometimes, or stuff where you like, <laughs> bro, no. <laughs> so today we're hiking, and there's mountain bikers, and. Mm -hmm they are allowed to mountain bike. <laughs> it's not 
you know, it's not private. You, like my mom didn't reserve all the hiking paths that we touched like use today. And so every time there is a mountain bike, she literally runs away from the path because she gets so scared. And I'm like, the, what are you doing? And she's like, I hate these people. They always have to go so fast and they try to hit me. And I'm like, no one's trying to hit you. They're not going extremely fast and it's not dangerous. And you're bringing yourself in a more dangerous situation by running off the trail. Mm-hmm. But yeah, your mom in like 15, 20 years, that's going to be hilarious. Totally random, but I saw this clip of this mountain biker, like pro mountain biker. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was in Switzerland. And it was called like the Devil's Edge or something similar. And they were just zooming. And literally, it just dropped off. Mm-hmm. Like if you fell, you you die Mm -hmm. and they're just like going i don't even know um super fast 30 kilometer 30 30 kilometers an hour or something going down a mountain probably faster i don't know i don't know man i don't know (laughs) it's just nuts yeah so they're in our resort is the biggest ski resort and also the biggest biking resort in the world and there is a world cup slope and I've done some mountain biking up here. I'm more like the e-bike mountain biker. So like bike up <laughs> and like take easy paths. I don't like the jumps and all that. I don't know why. I get scared because I'm always like, what if the brakes don't work? That's I don't mm. know why. I always keep thinking about that. Um, But one time I was hiking and I came across or like I saw the World Cup path or trail and it's like a face it's like legit a face and you're like honestly you could also just fly down you don't have to bike anymore it's so Mm -hmm. steep and they go so fast mind-blowing yeah and if you like pop a like a tire or like something happens you just go straight face into a rock (laughs) yeah you're literally gonna eat dirt it's just so nuts to me. Like, I didn't grow up with any of these sports, so it's just... The extreme sports are just... It's extreme for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Biking, not my thing. Hey, but you said you were going to buy a bike. A road bike. Which, honestly, I would say that it's just as dangerous because you're on a road with cars yeah but that's not dangerous have you seen how i bike in zurich not that safe is it safe no it is but the way i bike is uh questionable at times i would say yeah i know so i'm saying it's dangerous yes but i wear a helmet nowadays so all good. <laughs> what is, what is a helmet gonna do if you just like get destroyed by a car? Well, I actually oh, anyway. have hit cars, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not scared of that anymore. Once you have that encounter, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Did you do you still have your Supreme bike? Old ass Supreme bike, and I'm honestly astonished that it still rides. Do you like take it in every year? Or? Just, yeah, that's, how do you mean take it in? 
So you get like tuned up and stuff. Oh yeah, so I go there sometimes, but I usually only go there when something's broken. I kind of forget about it. Other than that, mm. for me, it's really a like a transportation mode from A to B, and um, you know how I don't know how you call them in English, but like a bike wheel has like these thingies in the <laughs> <laughs> like the lines. Yeah, I don't know, you know how to call them. Yeah, like the little like rods, like the wires. Yes, yes. Yeah. So in German we call them Speichen, and um, I've broken a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have an eight in my wheel, in my back wheel, but there is one rod that's like I kind of had to like twist it that like it doesn't falls into the chain or whatnot, so it doesn't block mm-hmm. me or like does any crazy stuff. But a couple of months ago, my, like, um, rear wheel was, like, bump, like, bouncing a bit Shit. when I was going. Yeah. And so where I live, when I leave, it's kind of, like, going down. So I can, I know it thanks to my Apple Watch. I know that I can reach speeds up to, like, 38 kilometers an hour, mm. which is great. But then my wheel's always, like, so one time I went to the store and I'm like, hey, can you check this out? And he just rips the the rear um, wheel off. And I'm like, what? And he's like, how long did you bike with this? And I'm like, for months. And he's like, well, you're lucky you didn't fall because I was very close to falling off. Mm. I just got a new wheel. It's all good again, but it still makes these weird noises sometimes. Do they sell wheels that have red still? So <clears throat> this is one bummer, and so that's why I'm kind of limited in what I can actually do with this bike. So the idea maybe is to at some point replace the bike, but I don't want to do that because I love it. Um, for all the listeners, I have this all-white bike with red wheels, like the rubber. Um, yeah. And then where you hold, I don't know how you call that. like the It's like the midsection. Yes, that's red as well, and then the seat is red. And why you call it a Supreme bike is, at the time, I was a massive Supreme fan. Spent way too much money on that damn stuff. Um, And I put two big Supreme stickers on the middle of the one bar because it was just fitting, and again, I was a Supreme hype beast. Um, So that's why a lot of people refer to it as a Supreme bike. Um, I've actually been asked if if I'm sponsored by Supreme, and I'm always like... (laughs) No, <laughs> but I wish. <laughs> um, but so the company I customized my bike at went bankrupt. <laughs> so there's no real replacement. There's one store who bought all the stocks from it. So they have all the wheels. And I went there. I had to go there first time to like exchange a wheel. And I asked him, like, how many wheels do you have left? And he told me it was like eight. So I bought six of the wheels. They're still in storage in that store. Hey, man, because I mean, I bike every day 20 kilometers. Stuff like mm. this, like, breaks fast at some point. And I bike in snow. I bike in rain. I bike, at, like, at, in any weather and temperature. So mm-hmm. had to make sure. Oh, also the chain is red. So I also had to buy a new chain. You can't just buy a chain and paint it red. I could. But I'm also a lazy person in that case. Yeah. 
pedals are red as well. I just remembered. But yeah, it's a pretty cool bike, but it's quality, man. Like, if I would get a street bike, like a race bike, I would only use it for, like, doing bigger tours. I would still mm. use my Supreme bike on a daily basis. Um, but quality-wise, it's it's old. It's I've been using it for 10 years. Wow, that's a old bike. Yeah, and considering how much I bike, it's kind of astonishing that it's still in such a good shape. I would love to do a bike tour. I know what we're going to do next year. Bet. Bike tours are so much fun. And there's there's very difficult ones. There's nice ones. My mom and I, like my parents, when I was younger, they forced me to bike through all of Europe. It was, at the time, horrible. But nowadays, I'm happy I did it. Mm-hmm. I wish I did stuff like that when I was younger, but I have now. We had the present. You can still change your habits and change your life and do stuff like that. So I think I've already told the story on this podcast of me falling into the lake with my bike. Oh, yeah. Favorite story ever. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been at least a month maybe like five weeks since I took my bike to the shop mm-hmm. and it's still fucked up. Like they have to like wait for all the parts. So I'm just sitting here without a bike and I was wanting to bike this entire summer, but at this point might as well get a new bike. Well, they said that the, the cost of like fixing it is like 250 bucks. And the cost of a new bike would be like seven, eight hundred bucks. So true. I I would rather wait. Makes sense. Makes sense. Man, I honestly could not imagine living in Zurich without a bike. I mean, majority do. Majority of people, you mean? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, people say that they are scared of biking in Zurich. I don't see it like that, but... But the cars aren't even that bad in Zurich. Well, there's assholes. Let me just say that. Well, I feel like drivers hate, like, cyclists. But, I mean, so the thing is, before I started driving cars, I just hated all the cars, and I was like, what are you doing? But now that I drive a car, I also understand how much of a pain in the ass some bikers are. Because I don't know why. Some cyclists, I'm sure they drive a car. But as soon as they're on the bike, they're like, all the street rules don't apply to me anymore. They, yeah, they just go straight through red lights and straight through stop signs and all the things. It's... I think the problem is, like, both sides. It's like, some cars are really, like, pissed by bikes. I understand, but at the same time... Be careful because if you're gonna to touch a bike, like a bike, that person might be in real danger. And at mm. the same time, a bike, a cyclist, I'm like, stop at the red light because if a car hits you, you're gonna lose. There's no way you're winning against a car. I mean, the cyclists in Chicago are pretty bad, but nothing compares to the ones in New York City that are like zooming. I love that though. 
it is a culture like a crazy culture yeah yeah i think it's either you have i don't know how that is in chicago but we have a lot of people who invest into e-bikes in the city and i absolutely hate mm -hmm. them i hate them so much <laughs> my dad my dad bought a electric motorcycle but he has not even i think he went like less than a mile on it because he doesn't <laughs> have a license so he bought a bikes motor motorcycle but doesn't have a license yeah i don't even know why he bought it he bought it and it like took like four years to get it what kind of bike did he get it was like what is that thing where you can like buy something or pay ahead and to support the company oh so you're like trying to invest before the company gets big yeah so he bought it before they even like put it in production so they because they needed the money you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. well that's a way of doing stuff i don't think i would ever buy a motorbike <laughs> it's just i would have one if there weren't such things as cars you know like if it was just motorbikes driving around i would but if there are yeah. cars i if i get in a car accident i'm dead so i'd rather it's not, not it's funny that like for I feel like Americans always quote that, like, why don't you drive a smaller car? Because if I get in an accident, I'm dead. I'm like, that's the dumbest argument I've ever heard. So every American just drives bigger cars because that way they think they're not going to die. Mm. <laughs> I think it's different between a motorcycle and a small car. I would have a small car. I don't really care. Yeah. But at the same time, it's... Americans are that the same with guns. Like some people have guns just because other people have guns. <laughs> you know, Matthew, you should get a gun. There's other people who have guns, so therefore you should have a gun. I I don't want a gun anywhere near me because I don't want like some random shit to happen, and who knows, you know. I don't. I don't know if I've ever said this in the podcast, but. So every guy who goes to Swiss military receives his own gun. They have to bring it home, but there's no ammunition, so you can't really use it. And I forgot about that when I moved into this apartment of my new roommate. <clears throat> and one time I was cleaning out the... What's it called? The... Closet? You know, stor storage? Yeah. So you have like a storage room in the house? Like a closet. Yeah. It's not in the apartment. It's like two levels below. Yeah. Okay. So I clean it out and suddenly this gun falls on the ground. And I'm like, holy shit, what is this? <laughs> and I realized, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he ghosts. He isn't like he went to military. Therefore, he has it. And I told him, he, I'm like, man, that that's like kind of got me. Like I didn't I wasn't ready for that. And he's like you hit it right and i'm like what do you mean he's like i'm not technically allowed to just have it like hanging on the wall wall like it has to be hidden somewhere and i'm like yeah don't worry but it's uh it got me really badly because i was not expecting that we have a gun in our household what kind of gun is it 
it's a rifle, but I have no other idea because I have no idea about guns. But there is no ammunition, so I know that he could not do anything with the gun. So, <laughs> is the gun in Call of Duty? I have no idea. Mm. I can send you. I can maybe Google it later and be like, "Hey, this is the gun," but I have no idea if it's in <laughs> Call of Duty. I don't know how what the name is like I would have the only see. reason yeah the only reason why i know guns is just from playing call of duty for like 15 years yeah same but i did wonder sometimes unt- so some of these guns look really made up i think in call of duty yeah there are a few like some of them have different names i feel at least at least that but so before i went to my french military thing i always used the famas on uh, call yeah. of duty mm. i always thought like this gun just looks kind of weird and then i arrived in the french military and that's the gun i have they gave me that one hmm. so i'm like oh shit like this exists i didn't know it looks really heavy it is heavy but like I shot it once it was insane but I'm not a gun fanatic I'm I don't care about guns I don't like them but like that's all I got to tell you about guns <laughs> from my perspective I used to love guns like airsoft gun you know airsoft guns Oh you were an airsoft guy Yeah when I was a kid uh-huh. I bought one that was like $300 It was like Holy. fully metal Holy shit. It was funny because I would just like play with my friends and they would always have the ones that you get at like Walmart that are like mm-hmm. 45 bucks. And then I'd have like $300 one. <laughs> and I, I'm like all dressed up in like camo and stuff. <laughs> and then I, I like it? go. Is, is there a picture of that? Uh, I can think of one, but I don't know where it would be. I would have to like go really deep down in my mom's Facebook. Oh. My mom's Facebook literally has a million gems. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's a video. Have... Yeah. There's a video of me singing uh, in eighth grade when I was like 14. I was the lead of the play. And I had eight solos to sing. And that is on her Facebook. Yeah. Well... I'm going to sign up against, again, <laughs> against, and, uh, ah, English. I'm going to sign up on Facebook again and going to stalk your mom. <laughs> Find all this stupid It's pretty stuff. funny. I'm literally wearing, like, f- a full thing of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm going to do. After I watch Hateful Eight, of course. Favorite movie. Mm. So, like, three hours later. Yes. <laughs> there's different plans now mm. it's like a, it's like a list of stuff I have to do itinerary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've bored the potential listeners <laughs> enough for this day do you have anything <laughs> specific to say <laughs> or is that it um, I want to say a hack Oh, totally forgot about that. Yes, yes. 
My hack is to eat eat kale. It's good for you. Oh, okay, I was about to ask: is there is there a specific reason? But okay, it's good for you. Great. No, well, it's great for you. If it makes you feel good. <laughs> um, a good hack. Um, my hack of the week. I don't know, man. Um, pack lightly <laughs> when you travel. <laughs> I'm sure I've already used it, but here you go again. I'm going to be honest. I already said that one, but we'll let it slide. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I have a better one. Okay, I have a really good one. This is not a hack. No, maybe it is a hack. So I'm a massive fan of this German um, magazine. It's called Zeit Verbrechen. And Die Zeit is a German newspaper. And they have this magazine. And it's called, like, Crime. So it's like a crime, yeah, like, true crime podcast. And it also has its own magazine. And I've um, had this membership now for six months. And yesterday, when I took the train to come here, I read the entire, like, part of it. And it was so interesting. And I nearly forgot to get out the train because it was so good. <laughs> so that's my hack. Hmm. I don't know why. I just am not into crime. That is a crime. <laughs> How? That's it's so good. It's so good, though. I don't, I, I don't know why. I just, it's not my jam. Well, maybe one day. Maybe. Um, but besides that, I would say thank you for listening and um, <laughs> stay tuned for next episode. <laughs> stay classy. Like always, have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye.